1: With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and
2: Derek Eagleton.
3: It is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021, season 16, episode number 97. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. I'm live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and we are presented by GEICO. Got Nick here with me in studio. We got Dave and Amber on remotely. We're going to talk offense today. We've been talking offense the last couple of shows, but we're going to finish up that offensive review today, talking a little bit about the offensive line and the tight end position. We'll also get to some fan questions. My hope is that we will be able to spend at least, at least, an entire uh, segment of the show on fan questions Because I know you guys always give me a hard time Because I usually don't get to questions uh, But but hopefully we'll get a chance to do that here and, and get a lot of your questions out there And answer some of those questions Before we get started today I quickly just wanted to say something I'm sure those of you who are out there listening Have seen all the stuff about the, the hype video and There's been a bunch of stuff out there And I just wanted to say to you guys that are listening And this is specifically for you guys Because the way I look at it is if you're sitting on this podcast in February, you're the people I'm most concerned about. <laughs> right. Like You are our core customer, um, and you expect greatness from us. And I just wanted to say to you guys. We failed you in this instance. We will be better. We apologize, but we certainly will be better. And I want you guys to know, because I care about what you guys think, that we're going to be better. We're going to fix some things, and we'll be better than this. And that's where I want to leave that. I did want to say, though, Nick, after last week's show, we had actually an interesting conversation on that. in last week's show. It probably took a lot more of the show than we even expected (laughs) because you had a question that you wanted to throw out there. And I think after the show, at least what you said, I saw you put it on Twitter, too, that you think people didn't really quite understand yeah. or get the full brunt of what you were trying to say in your question and what you were saying after that. So I wanted to give you an opportunity yeah. to talk about
4: that. And I'm not even sure I understood what I was trying to say until later, until some of the, the Twitter uh not would say arguments, but just kind of the back and forth. So a lot of times on this show, when we when we say certain things, if you don't agree with everyone, you get put in a different corner of like, well, this is this is where you, your take is. There's people that think that I hate Dak or I'm a Dak hater or whatever. What I said was is is you know I think that the Dak has room to grow, and we all think that way. So. I'll just tell you right now where I stand. If there's any clarity, this is where I stand about Dak Prescott. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think the Cowboys should re-sign him. I think for sure that's what they need to do. That's their best option for them to win. You were at, you asked me, what a lot of people thought was funny, who's the top five and who's better. That's irrelevant to me. I think he's somewhere between six and ten, but it doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. What's irrelevant is can the Cowboys, this is my biggest issue more than with Dak, can the Cowboys field a team Around him with a forty million a year contract because when he was making two they they made one round of the playoffs and that was it last year thirty one million they had where depth was a terrible issue for this team now he's got to make forty million a year. Can the pieces around him be better? Can the Cowboys construct? Is he good enough to elevate this team? I only think there's three or four people ever that can do that. So I have my concern if Dak Prescott is good enough to elevate this franchise at 40 million a year, because I haven't seen that they can draft consistently on defense, that they can actually do anything in free agency to help him. So that is my big concern. Is he good enough to take this team up and be even more elite? And that's my concern. Would I want him on my team? Yes, I think. He's He's a really good quarterback. I think he's a fantastic leader, and he's perfect for the face of the franchise. But for this particular franchise, I do have my doubts that they can build a team around him.
3: I will say this real quick. The, the only thing I have to say about that is I do think that in spite of all that you just said, he is their only hope. Like right now when I look at this team and you know this came comes back I had a conversation with someone about this whole hype video thing and you know again I get it I understand how people are looking at this like how could this happen because quite frankly I I look at it and I'm saying the same thing I'm looking at like how did we get here because you look at it and to me there are three things if you're a Cowboys fan and you went through 2020 there are three things that could get you potentially excited about 2021 number one Lyle Collins number two Tyron Smith Number three, and I probably should have done him in inverse order because yeah. he would be number one, is yep. Dak Prescott. If you get those three pieces back, that is where Cowboys pro- fans probably look at this and they're like, that's the hope. Like, that's the hope that 2021 can be better. So whatever the, the, the thoughts are about what you got to pay him and all that, look, they got to figure that out. And I'm talking about the Cowboys execs. They got to figure out how much they can pay him to make it all work. At the end of the day, I look at it and say he is necessary if they want to win and win now. Dave, you have anything you want to throw in on that?
1: Uh, a few things. I mean, you know, and and I don't I don't want to let us off the hook for that mistake completely. I, I mean, he should have been in the video. I think we would all agree with that. But I just think it. It speaks to the contentious nature of this whole thing that it blew up the way that it did. Uh, You know, I told Nick yesterday, just me and him having a conversation, it reminds me of political discourse in the sense that, like, you're not allowed to have a middle of the road or nuanced take. Like, if Dak's not in the video, it means we hate Dak and they're trying to move on from Dak and yada yada. Or if Dak is the face of the video, that means something too. Like, you can only. You can only be a Dak homer or a Dak hater. There's no room for anything in between. So I would just love for him to get signed so we can kind of put that phase of this behind us. Because it's, I think everybody's tired of it one way or the other. Uh, but it just is what it is. And then um, <laughs> I, I kind of laughed because I, I don't necessarily disagree with what Nick just said. But I'm just kind of at a point where I'm like, well... They couldn't put together a great team when they weren't paying Dak anything. So, like, I mean, they already tried that. They already tried building a team with a cheap quarterback, and they couldn't do it. So, at least in investing with Dak, I know what I'm getting, which is a really good quarterback. So, I'm a lot, like, I'm like, well, that's okay, because they couldn't do anything with the savings the last four years. So, why not pay them a lot of money? It's fine by me.
3: All right. Amber, I know uh, from your reaction on Twitter when Nick put that up there that you don't really have any much to say about this (laughs) anymore. You're tired of this conversation. (laughs) And I think you probably, you're probably like most people out there, like, just get a deal done so we can move on to other topics Because there are other topics around this team that we probably need to address So let's jump right in We're going to talk a little bit about the offensive line And the tight end position today in our offense review We're going to start first with the offensive line And I mentioned Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins My question for you guys to start this conversation is Assuming Tyron and Lyle return at full strength Do you expect Dallas's offense to be among the best in the NFL? Do they make that much of a difference? Let's start first with you, Amber
0: Yeah, yes, but that's just so difficult to say because yes, talent-wise, we've seen it with these guys. They have been among the best in the NFL, if not the best in my books. Uh, in my book, but again, it comes down to how long can they stay on the field? How long can you use them for and, and rely on them? It, the whole injury thing is so unpredictable. But the one thing we've noticed it, is that is a there is a pattern here. It, it has been happening every single year. There is a, an O-line guy that gets injured. Mainly, we, you know, we've seen it with Lyle. We've seen it definitely with Tyron Smith. And then Zach Martin, which is one of the best in the, in the league, even him, he has had trouble in the past couple of years of staying on the field. So does it really help you to have the best guys on your team if you can't really have them on the field? I don't think so. But yes, if they are healthy and they are back to their football shape and they're out there, absolutely, I do think that they would be among the best in the NFL
1: Dave I'm about to do my best uh, Mickey Spagnola impression <laughs> and say, uh, why don't you go turn on the tape of the Super Bowl and tell me if having your starting yeah. tackles makes a difference um, and 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 i'm I'm you know, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm a Bucks hater now. Again, like there's no room for nuance. Like everybody thinks I hate the Bucks. The Bucks deserve all the credit in the world for getting the job done. But go back to last year, an equally fearsome pass rush could not make the difference against Pat Mahomes when he had time to throw the ball. So, miss me with that defense wins championships crap. Give Pat Mahomes his tackles in that game. Maybe the Chiefs don't win, but it's definitely not a beatdown. So, yes, yes lyle collins and tyron smith can make that much of a difference the problem is you just can't completely trust that at this point specifically with tyron more so than lyle this is his fifth year of having to deal with this so i hope to hell that this surgery really kind of course correct and i won't be surprised at all if tyron can play another four to six years of healthy football if this surgery did what it's supposed to but I can't sit here in 2021 and be like, yes, he's definitely going to play 16 games. Um, but if he can, hell yeah, it'll make a world of difference. And if Dak, Lyle, and Tyron are all healthy and playing for this team, they will have one of the best offenses in the NFL next year. Yes. Nick? Yeah, of course.
4: Without a doubt, I think they will. Uh, I think the continuity of Kellen Moore uh, and, and Dak and and then that offensive line. I mean, I think that when you, when you start to see – you know, Dax started had to he had to figure out how to win games without having, you know, the, the Tyron Smith all the time or, or, or even Lyell and had to play some of the games last year. It was tough, you know, with Terrence Steele and Brandon Knight and all that stuff. So you get those guys back and I think that, you know, Dax had to learn and to to play that way and to be better. Uh, yeah and I think it'll help Zeke too and if Zeke is, is better you know if they can get out to, to some leads that's that's the key that's the way they want to play if they can play like that then I think Zeke will be better and I think the Cowboys will be better because they're they're playing a different style of football
3: so how, here's the million dollar question how likely, in your opinions, and I know you may not, obviously you guys probably haven't talked to the doctors or anybody else, but how likely do you think it is that you're going to get both those guys back at full strength this year? Nick, let's start with I,
4: I do think it's likely. I, I think what Amber said, though, it'll be someone else. I mean, it'll be something. You know, you have to you have to be ready for that. You have to have seven or eight linemen that you, that you feel like can start a football game for you. And they should have that because of what they went through this last year. So, uh, I think it's likely, though, that Tyron, I think he's needed this surgery for two or three years. So, on you know it's just like I, I wrote this week glass half you know glass half empty or half full half full says wow he'll be back because he had surgery and he's healthy glass glass half empty says well he had surgery you know like <laughs> yeah. he's got to come back from that
1: so I, I think he will okay Dave. Um, I mean, I would, I would never bet against Tyron Smith. He's one of the toughest guys I've ever been around. Um, I have a, I have a pretty good relationship with him, and have just, I know him well enough to know. Would not bet against that dude, especially. Like I said, if this is a surgery that kind of corrects these lingering issues that he's had, at the same time, it's your job as a football team to protect yourself from these things. Um, so I'm, I'm optimistic and confident that both of them will be back, but you just can't completely trust to that. Does that mean they need to draft a tackle in the top 10? Not necessarily, but they need to invest significant capital in backing that up. Um, Probably a draft pick because a free agent would be very expensive. So whether it's the first round, second round, third round, maybe the fourth round, but they need a talented guy who can come in here And be their number three and be better than brandon knight and terrence Steele. uh you know or at least that's what i think they should do to properly mitigate that risk amber
0: well i mean obviously i hope they can but the thing is uh every year i feel like every year we go into the off season and then get to starting training camp thinking and expecting that oh this is the year we're going to have the alignment back and put together and it just doesn't really happen. And, and I know that the surgeries are different and all that, but if it's not one thing, if it's not the neck, it's the back it, or the leg or the knee, it's always something. And as great as Tyron Smith is and Lyle Collins is another big guy, Zach Martin as well. some point your body kind of starts giving up and and again i am not in their body i am not in their position i am not a medical doctor or anything but that's just how i see it it's been years back to back and i do have confidence that they can be out there on the field but my biggest concern is for how long and how long is that going to help you for so I think that the Cowboys need to go in with a really, really good backup plan, a lot better than what they did last year.
3: That's an interesting part, and that's actually where I was going to go next. Nick, I'll ask you the question because I think Amber and and Dave have kind of hit it. Do you think the Cowboys need to have a much stronger uh, backup plan than what they had this year in Terrence Still and Brandon Knight and Cam Irving? Because the one thing I will say is as the season wore on, I think you started to see maybe a little bit of improvement from Terrence Still. I don't know that it was to the level that you wanted to be, but did you see enough there to where it made you think maybe he's developing enough where he could be your backup option? Cam Irving is a veteran. Is he a good enough? He was hurt for a lot of that time too. Is he a guy that could be a backup option or do you think you really got to go as Dave said and think about first second third round to give yourself a backup plan
4: yeah i mean i think that you know in their mind they had a really nice backup plan last year because they got a first round pick who hadn't played like a first round pick but he's going to be a good swing tackle in cam irving and it took a while for him to finally get it going there uh they thought brandon knight could also be a good fourth tackle and he he was i mean and terrence Steele was just a guy that that kept developing, I guess. And, um, <laughs> yes, I guess. But I mean, he did. He, he, he kept, <laughs> I just didn't even in fact, he wasn't even in their plans. He wasn't yeah. in their plans, and so he just jumped in in the mix, and he was better than some of the other guys, which didn't say much. Um, I agree with Dave. I, yeah, I'm drafting a guy. Uh, he's the only, he is the, this offensive lineman is the only offensive player I'm taking before the, the, the fourth round. I mean, it'd be the only thing I would consider, and I want to take two of them. In one player, I want to get a guard and tackle. Give me his bio that said he played guard his first two years. He got moved to tackle his senior year. Something like that. Why is that important? Because, for you? because I need him in in this because I want him to play. If he's good enough to play right now and all my other guys are good, well then play him at guard. If uh. he's not good enough. And he needs to be a swing tackle. That's fine. So let me give me the guy that's had four years of experience, and he's a guard. And I don't think that's a first round guy. I think it's more second and third. But I want some of that experience across the board. Got it.
3: All right. Let's uh, let's move on to another topic on the offensive well, line. Well, you know what? Gary, go ahead, Amber. Yeah, go ahead.
0: To go, to, you know, they've mentioned the Super Bowl, and as I was watching the Super Bowl game, which I hated, but. I was watching the game and thinking this would be us. That's exactly what would happen to the Cowboys with the O-line, especially because that's the thing is, again, how, far, how long can they last during the season? Can they make it all the way to the post-season to playoff games if we ever get there? So it's like, okay, with the O-line, what was happening with Mahomes, that is, that's just, I just saw the Cowboys happening to that, and then the refs that's another whole story but and again another thing that would happen to the cowboys is how the refs you know refereed that game but that that's just another thing that you do have to look at it's like okay if if we do make it that far can you count on these guys to be there because if you're dealing with backup guys how 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 much is that really going to help you how far is that going to get you past that first playoff game or any further than that so that's just that, that's a huge concern that the Cowboys uh, they really really need to tackle this year.
1: Dude, I I was t- uh, talking to our friend Brian Broadus during the game and I was like, "Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you got healthy seasons out of Lyell and Tyron and made <laughs> it that far and then they they couldn't play in the Super Bowl? Like neither one of them could play in this. I think I would throw myself from the press box. I wouldn't even <laughs> I wouldn't even want to watch. I wouldn't watch I mean, that game. It would uh have
4: you ever seen a quarterback that didn't that lost a, a big game like that obviously Super Bowl didn't score a touchdown and he was awesome <laughs> Yeah, I mean, some of those throws I mean, he made it was, were pretty now, amazing. I know he, yeah. he had some. He, you know they didn't they didn't win. And he we I hey I'm the first guy to say you know if your team doesn't win you got to judge him for that. I get yeah. that. And and they didn't play the great. But like just the arm strength that he's got on some of these plays. The like, awareness. It was he was running for his life. But yeah, like, unbelievable. Yeah, but it was he. he He's going to be, I mean, I think he, I think this was like Michael Jordan playing LeBron James when LeBron James, like, third year, you know, like, if they ever would have played, I think it was it was like that, and that's probably the way it would have gone down, too. Yeah. You know, just two, this this could be two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. I know it's early on Mahomes, but it could be. Yeah. And some of the, I mean, honestly, some it of the It reminded plays...
1: me of, uh, oh. go ahead, Dave. I'm oh, sorry. It, just, it reminded me of the 07 finals when the, Forty-year-old Spurs, full of Hall of Famers, just kicked LeBron's ass when he was like 22. Just he didn't have any help on his team.
3: Yeah, and he and I think that was the issue mm. for Mahomes, Sonny. He's even, he didn't have any help because he made some throws that should have been plays. They should have been yeah. touched There were a couple that were dropped that were touchdowns that literally hit guys in the hands or in the face, and <laughs> and they just didn't catch them. Right?
4: You know, you know, and another thing we got to throw in there for talking Super Bowl, but that you know it's all about Brady and Gronk and all that. But Bruce Arians, you know I'm happy for for him too and, and I know we you know he's got a granddaughter on our staff and then that's great you know Presley but um, and she's excited for him but like what he's able to do as a trailblazer yeah. look at his staff yeah. and the makeup no of his staff and, and who and who he won with I think this, this hopefully opens the doors for a lot of you know, a lot of teams, a lot of people yeah. um, that, that haven't necessarily gotten opportunities and, and, and to win this way. I mean, it all goes to Brady, and I understand that, but I hope it's not lost on, on on the staff that Bruce Arians put together and how they won.
3: Yeah, I really wish a year like this is when I really wish the NFL didn't allow teams to make their own head coaching hires until after the Super Bowl. Because can you imagine the opportunities that you would think mm-hmm. you would think that a guy like Todd Bowles probably deserves after a game like that and by the way he's been calling good good games throughout his career he's a really good defensive guy and and I think this would I think it's this, this is the kind of moment that certainly could have given him uh, a lot of Opportunities as a head coach, and and we'll see how that goes and next year, and if he'll be a part of the mix. Because it's not a guarantee that next year no. teams will look at him. You and know? don't
4: and don't say that. It, well, he's been been there, done that. Like the well, Jets. yeah. It, we we got a few that have that have done that. We, we know that there are other coaches yeah.
3: that get opportunities that even after they you know, have second have time missed. around. Right. You know, second time around it, it helps. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the offensive line. We're going to get into that center position because I think that's an area that we haven't talked a lot about, but I think it's just an interesting decision the Cowboys have. To to make there we'll also uh, talk a little bit about the tight end position when we come back this is DallasCowboys.com radio
2: there's nothing as unique as our eyes which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you Verilux for super sharp vision Essential Blue for protection and Crisol for freedom from glare three cutting edge solutions in a single unique lens so whatever your needs insist on Essilor Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson Hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys
4: Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan if you join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life. Starting at just $20, you can join now and get your exclusive fan pack and member benefits. Visit dallascowboys.com slash united for details.
3: Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break, presented by GEICO, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Wars. doing our offensive review. We did that for the last two shows. We're wrapping it up today, talking about the offensive line and the tight end position. Let's move to the center Position Joe Looney and Tyler Biotish uh, um, were the were the two players that played at that position this year. I, obviously Tyler was the, the the rookie coming in that they spent a fifth round draft pick on, and then you had uh, uh, Looney who's been here for a while, been a backup most of that time, but has had some time as a starter going into next season. Who should be the starting center for the Dallas Cowboys? To start with you, Dave.
1: Absolutely love Joe Looney. If you follow the team by now, you know all about his personality and all of that. He's obviously – he has more than delivered on what the Cowboys signed him to do. You know, they signed him as their, like, jumbo flex extra uh, interior lineman, and he's started multiple seasons and done so well. All of that said, uh, they drafted Tyler Beatus. He was impressive early. He's got higher potential than Joe Looney, in my opinion. He was one of the best offensive linemen in college football. Uh, the big question with him coming out of the draft was whether he could stay healthy. I know he had injury issues last year, but those had nothing to do with the hip problems that bothered him in college. So all of that said, he's younger, he's cheaper, he's got higher upside. I'd love to bring Joe Looney back, but I absolutely think Beata should be your you know, prohibitive starter heading into it. Amber?
0: agree with all that. Um, I would think that Tyler is ready to just take over. I mean, we saw him do it last year uh, for a period of time. I absolutely love Joe Looney. I would absolutely try to maintain to keep him here, give him possibly another one-year deal. I think he he's a guy that gives you that position flex, you know, with all these injuries that we kept, keep talking about. He's a guy that can play a couple of different positions in case you need it. And again, you, I mean, it, it's just like, a, what do you call that game? I can't think of the name, but basically, you're, you know, you know that at one point or another, you're going to need all your guys, and you're going to see all these guys on the field. So, you're going to see Joe Looney if he stays here at one point or another, and he has all the experience needed. So, I absolutely trust him, and I do hope that the Cowboys are able to, to get a good deal from him for another year.
4: Nick? Thank you. I think they bring Looney back. But, yeah, I think the, the uh, idea would be to try to see if, you know, Vyadis can, can win the job. And, you know, we'll see if the draft brings anybody else that, that, that's got that, you know, position flex. Or maybe, you know, maybe Connor McGovern, you know, there's this been talked about Connor McGovern, even Connor Williams. To do some some center, uh, you know, situation. So, uh, but I, I think should you know, a, a year he needs a year in the weight room and really gonna, you know, get get stronger, get better. Uh, but I think you know his error was pointed up. I was a little surprised though that he didn't get the job back or didn't get the job. Uh, at the end of the year, yeah. So uh, yeah, I kind of thought he might, but
3: did you read anything into that that maybe they thought that Looney is still a better player and they felt I, like yeah. the offensive line line needed the better player?
4: Yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was going to the to the course of like we really want to play Biatish here, and so when Looney gets hurt and he comes back, it's going to still be Biatish, and then Biatish got hurt, mm-hmm. and I thought when they both got healthy again, it would be, but it didn't so maybe you know if that's what if that's the way it was then then I do agree with both of them that they you know you re-sign Joe and just see see what happens Dave did you read something into that?
1: I don't know if I read I mean I guess I mean if you're gonna read something into it it's that the coaches didn't think Tyler was as good as we did because yeah I I, I haven't thought about it in a while but I remember thinking it was weird cuz like you like they sucked I know that they were technically in the playoff race, but like, play your younger players and let them get the experience. Uh, I did. I did think that was weird, but I I don't make too too much of it. Like, if if Joe Looney doesn't re-sign, I don't think that they're going to be in a panic about not having a starting caliber center. You know what I mean? Yeah. Amber.
0: The way I saw it. The way I saw it was that around that time was when the Cowboys were finally able to start seeing some consistency on the O-line. And it was around that point where we talked about it. I mean, you want to try to keep your five guys and just keep them together because it does get tricky when you have so many moving pieces. And I feel like that was around the time where they were starting to kind of click a little bit, just starting to play a little bit better than what we had seen. So maybe they just wanted to keep the same pieces uh, as soon as they started seeing some improvement. But I don't think it was necessarily anything against the That, But that's just how I saw it.
3: Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Amber. I kind of think it was a a thing that was more about the circumstances than it was about either one of the players. Because I think, to be honest with you, I think there wasn't an appreciable difference, in my opinion, between the way the two guys played. I just think that they were starting to, as a unit, they looked like they were getting a bit better at the time when Beatrice was coming back. So I think they probably just opted to stick with what they were already doing.
4: You know, and, and another part of that, yeah. too, is that you know, without Zach Martin there, you know, like it's with, with Looney, you need some veteran presence. So I think if Martin would have been there, especially been there playing right guard yeah. next to Biadish, I think it probably would be a better situation that he could keep going and, and growing. But but you know the the fact that he wasn't there, you, you know you have Steele over there. Brandon Knight's played you know twenty you know. T- Twelve games or so. Connor Williams has played like thirty games, and he's like the old veteran of the group. Yeah. So yeah, having Looney there, I, I do think was was important for an a, you know established veteran.
3: You mentioned Connor Williams; he was the only player that was projected to be a starter going into last season that played all sixteen
4: games. How would you assess his play from last year, Nick? Let's start with you. Um, you know, he was the most consistent player on the team. I think he played the most snap. on the team. I, uh, I'm sorry. Let me finish. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. He was out kind of there. me by surprise I there, know. but go ahead. Well, he was out there the most. Okay, gotcha. His, his, gotcha. his availability was the most. He got, played 99.9% yes. of the snaps, right. more than any player on the team. Um, but he was, he was you know, he's up and down. I mean, he's you want to get a little better there. At times you feel like he's not strong enough. Sometimes it feels like he's out of position. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting next year. I do think Connor is going to start at left guard, but I don't know which one. I do think oh. there, I do think there will be a Connor. I mean, I, I just I think McGovern might be better, honestly. Okay, we're going to have that conversation. Hold okay. on. All right, Amber, what do you think?
0: Sorry, what was the question?
3: How, how would you evaluate Connor Williams' play last season?
0: Very simple. He he was the least of my worries when it came down to the O line. I mean, he was the like uh, Nick just mentioned. He was the most. Uh, you got the most consistency out of him because he wasn't injured you know he, he did get banged up at one point in the season but it wasn't anything major so you he was the only player that you got the most out of from the o-linemen so that it, it's hard to criticize someone that was able to give you that when you got so many other issues around the whole o-line so i i think that yeah you, you're looking for improvement there but right now It's just, I'm hoping to see some competition. I'm hoping to see that we are able to get a preseason this year and get good use of, like, really utilize those games to put those guys out there on both sides. Put them both corners on both sides and see how they both perform and and just make it a good training camp competition. There's nothing wrong with that. And just see who's better, and then you make the decision from there.
1: Dave? I think the biggest,
3: Did we lose you? Biggest what? Tell you what we'll do. We're going to come back to Dave. We'll go back, Go on to the next question I have for you guys, and then we'll hit Wait. Dave. Oh, uh, there he is. You're back. You're back, Dave. The biggest what? The biggest what? I don't know what
1: happened. We heard you say the biggest. The, the, the biggest problem with Connor is I know that he's gotten stronger over the course of his NFL career, but he still hasn't developed into that super-strong, anchored offensive guard that you just can't move. And so, you know, he gets pushed into the backfield by good defensive tackles from time to time, and it it stands out. Like, you know, you always say, if nobody notices you, you're doing your job. Well, when you get bullied into the quarterback's lap sometimes, people notice it. Um, That doesn't mean he had a bad season, but I guess that's probably his deficiency. Um, I, I think he was fine, especially when you consider that he didn't have Tyron next to him. And didn't have you know he had a rookie playing center for a lot of the season as well. Um, yeah, I, I you know if Connor McGovern can take that job in training camp, that's totally fine with me. If you really wanna, if you really wanna dig deep, you know Nick kind of mentioned it. If you were to draft a guy like Rashawn Slater, number ten overall, and Tyron Smith is healthy, I really think he could play guard for a year if you wanted him to. And I know that's getting way ahead of ourselves, but. Um, I'm happy with the job Connor Williams has done, but not to the point that I think his job is completely secure. You know, it, it's going to be interesting when you
4: look at draft day. You know, you know here's a guy at the end of his uh, contract, one year left. I'm not saying they'll do this with him, but those are the kind of guys that that maybe have a little bit of trade value if you wanted a pick, if you wanted a third round fourth rounder maybe you know and to, and, he, and another team's like okay we can we get this guy and now we, we still have to sign him but he's a starting capable guy and that's just if the Cowboys know yeah. that that McGovern you know can compete or be better or they've already drafted someone in the draft or whatever but if they draft like like Dave said draft a guy like that like a, a slater from Northwestern then I think you're looking at draft day and you might maybe try to move Connor This is a contract year for him, and he's like, you know, he probably wants to, to start. I mean, this is a big deal. He doesn't want to move to tackle and be a swing tackle in his contract year, you know? So... Unless, unless one of those guys gets hurt, and then he goes in there and then plays, and then he shows what kind of value he's got, then you know he might actually want that. I don't know. Yeah,
3: I mean, as I looked at Connor last year, I actually thought he was better than he was the year before, which is what you want. You mm-hmm. want guys to develop and be better. I thought he was better. Is he where you want him to be? I don't necessarily think so, but I also think that's also a function of who he had around him as well. Like you got to remember, through much of his career so far, he's had. All pros around him, and and last year he did not. He had he was the veteran. He was the grizzled veteran that was telling guys, you know, that was probably the one that was having to tell guys, hey, we need to pay attention to this, we need to do this. Hey, you might not want to do that, right? And, and so it, it, it kind of flipped a little bit, but I do think he was better than he's been. I will say this, though, and this just uh, as a big overall thing about the Cowboys, I, I do think they have to in my opinion invest one of their top 3 picks on an offensive lineman because the way i look at it is it's even not it's not necessarily about this year although the depth is something that you absolutely need it's about the fact that this team if it's going to be offense driven which it looks like it's going to be i think when this offense functions best and and probably any offense in the league is when your offensive line is strong. You look at some really great quarterbacks around the league, and Russell Wilson, think about what's going on right now down in, in, in Seattle. Like, you got a really great quarterback that just has, it, throughout his career has had issues with his offensive line being able to protect him. I think if you want to get the maximum value of your quarterback you got to put the offensive line in place first and foremost and when the Cowboys have been successful here in the last few years it's been because their offensive line was the the epicenter of everything that happened for them so I think they got to start rebuilding that and I think that starts with this draft and every year from here for the next couple years three years I would probably be investing one of those top three picks in an offensive lineman trying to prepare for the future I did have one more question I have for you guys on the offensive line before we move on to tight end um you mentioned Connor McGovern. Did you think Connor McGovern showed enough to be able to possibly compete for the starting left guard spot over Connor Williams? We'll start with you, Amber.
0: Well, like I said earlier, I think that you just leave it up to training camp and hopefully some preseason games. I, I definitely think he showed enough to go out there and deserve a chance to compete for a starting job. Uh, but it. <coughs> It's it's just a a tough one because you, we keep talking about all these guys coming back and being healthy, but you don't. It's hard to have a clear image of what you're actually gonna have on the field. So that that's what I would like to see. Just see them out there and competing. Just have a legit competition during training camp and see who wins the job. But I definitely think that he he has the ability to to compete for that job and possibly even get it.
3: Dave,
1: I sorry if this is boring. I just don't feel particularly strongly one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, let him go to training camp and sort it out. I would be. I I think Connor McGovern was good enough last year that I wouldn't. You know, I think he deserves a shot at a starting job, and if he can take it, that's great. I uh, but I also think Connor Williams is is just fine too. So go go get after it, big guys. The you know, the only thing I'll add
4: to that is, I mean. It's hard to have an O line competition, you know, like like Amber said, because you want that continuity. I mean, you want to build them, especially if you're trying to play like Beattis. You want them to kind of have all that, and you, you got to keep rotating guys in and there. Or you could say, "I'm going to prepare you for the season," because it's exactly what happened last year. You don't know who was playing offensive line, you know, game to game. But if if they think that it's not, they're not going to sign Connor Williams next year. You know, and, and maybe McGovern's got more upside, then I could see where it's like, if it's kind of either or, then I would probably go with McGovern and, and, and say, all right, well, he's going to be here for the, for the future a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know that about Connor Williams. I mean, maybe they're trying to work on a deal. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I would think there's another deal they could work on, though.
0: But Nick, if that good happened.
4: <laughs> if they signed Connor Williams to a deal, oh my Gosh, God! Right now, don't, please don't. Sorry. Don't even go there. All
3: mm-hmm. right, Amber, what were you about to say?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, you, you. I mean, me personally, I don't really need to see much from Psych Martin. I just need him healthy. He can work on the sideline, work on the bands and all that. I but would just put them. both Connors. Yeah, there. let them yeah, compete. Put them yeah. There we go. Game. That's a good AG?
1: point. AG, I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's it. If that. anything, you're training the other guy to be a backup and no go doubt. out there when needed. So. Uh, you all know,
1: pros yeah. don't need to play. Especially Stay when on the sideline is, until we get back from training camp. Especially when they could
4: just move him to tackle and he's he looks like an all pro over there. So, you know, like if he can do that, and, and then that means he can just sit there for a while in, in Oxnard if that's where we're going. And, um, you know, I hope so. yeah. I miss it. Was well, that Martin right. in the hype? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, we're going to go to break.
3: <laughs> we're going to have our final break here, and I'm going to – Nick might not come back. We'll see how that goes. We'll take our final break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about the tight end position. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, we'll talk about the tight end position, and then we'll get to some questions. That when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
1: We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo, that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda.
2: A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. Which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor.
1: The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and 5 championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way.
4: off-road motorcycle racing championship in the world when Monster Energy AMA Supercross returns to AT&T Stadium March 13th, 16th, and 20th. Tickets are on sale now. Get yours before they sell out at SeatGeek.com. A super cross.
3: Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Geico. We allowed Nick to come back for another segment. <laughs> so, Nick, make it good. Let's make sure you got some good opinions. Um, and, it's a question. And let's jump in it's and talk. Question. Let's talk a little bit about the tight end position because I think this is probably one of the most fascinating positions going into training camp and then coming out of training camp and going into the season mainly because the Cowboys got a pleasant surprise from Dalton Schultz this year I don't think any of us expected him to play to the level that he did and he played to such a level that the question becomes do you think he has done enough to possibly even earn the starting job ahead of Blake Jarwood who will be coming back from injury Nick start with you Ooh. and make
4: it good um, yeah I I don't know if if, I expected... Not a good answer. Hold on, let let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I expected that kind of season out of Jarwin. I I really Uh. didn't. Of, so, what, what of what actually Schultz actually yeah. did, you know. Yeah. If, you, if you if you sign him and you say, oh, okay, he's going to catch sixty passes and he's going to get four or five touchdowns and he's going to not make the Pro Bowl," but you're going to wonder if maybe he should have, and you're like, "Oh, well, that that's a good year." And that's pretty much what Schultz did. And what I that tells me is that when this thing's really cooking and the offensive the receivers are going and the running back and all that, that that tight end is going to be able to make some plays. I do think Jarwin gives you more down the field stuff. I mean, Schultz averages five or six yards a catch. I mean, it's not much. But he was—he was there. He caught the ball well. He has surprised me for sure. I didn't think he—I wasn't sure he's was going to be on the team. So he surprised me. But I do think Jarwin gives you a little bit more explosiveness down the field.
3: So you would still go back to Jarwin as your projected starter.
4: Who blocks better? That's my question. Did, do that's you have an you answer went, for that? That's when training camp. Oh, okay. Who blocks better? And I think it would be Jarwin. He should be taller and should give you a little bit more leverage. I don't know. Okay. Amber.
0: Well, Jarwin has been my guy, so <laughs> I would go back to him if he's healthy and back in his shape that he, he was before he got injured. And it was very unfortunate because I was really excited. And, and the tricky part is we know how tricky training camp is. I mean, we see some things at training camp and then the season starts <laughs> and then it just disappears. Yep. I don't I don't understand why that happens, but it happens. So... To me, hopefully, I wasn't blinded by what I was seeing last year's year's training camp, but I remember being very, very impressed with what Blake Jarwin was doing. I was very, very excited about what he could do last year, but then he got hurt. So I'm hoping that he gets back in there. I do think, yeah, Dalton, I mean, because he did it last year, he definitely has a chance to compete for the starting job, but At the end of the day, my own preference would be to just go back to Blake Jarwin because I've seen so much more out of him that I've liked rather than what I've seen from Dalton Schultz. Although he was impressive last year, I 100% did not expect Schultz to do what he was able to do at all. Dave.
1: I didn't ride the Jarwin bandwagon this long to hop off now. Um, I, I expected a better season from Jarwin than what they got from Schultz you know Jarwin had or I'm sorry Schultz had what 63 catches for 615 he averaged just under nine yards per catch I know it's a much smaller sample size but Blake Jarwin has flirted with 12 yards per catch over the course of his career uh to Nick's point, he's a better downfield explosive athlete. We've seen what he can do in the seam. I think he would have had an even better season than Schultz did if he had stayed healthy. So I'm riding with him all day. And on top of that, they ran two hundred and twenty snaps of twelve personnel last year. Like there is room enough for both of these guys in the offense. I don't care who is on the field for the first snap of the game, it doesn't matter. But I think that they could be a really good one-two punch, but Jarwin's a big part of that. Yeah, I, I, that's the part I'm
4: not sure about on that that one-two punch. I, I think it's a one-three punch, honestly, because I I, I, I my number two guy's got to block someone, and I don't know if if both those guys out there can can really block. You know, I mean,
3: well, I think it's unfair to be able. I don't think we could judge that this year because I think there were so many problems at tackle that I couldn't really tell all yeah. the time if, if if the tight end was a problem as much as the tackle was the problem. I am
4: signing Blake Bell, I'm just telling you that. But right let
3: me, there. that, I'm that sign, was actually re-sign. gonna be my next question. Yeah. What what did you see from Blake Bell this year? Because I, I think we all expected coming in, he was going to be a real a sure block, blocker for you.
4: And and my question is did you think you got what you expected? Um maybe not as much, but but I think that he needs to be on the field more. And I, I would I'm sorry, I'm using him more. I, I,
3: How are you going to do that? You got all these guys that are playmakers at the wide receiver position. Who are you taking off the field?
4: I don't know. He needs to block. He needs to block more, though. I, I don't need all those playmakers. I want Zeke to run the ball, and I want him to block, and I want him to have a few gadget plays, and I want him to, to, to make. I mean, I, that doesn't seem to be this offense.
3: This offense seems to be an eleven personnel offense, right? Change it. <laughs> Just. Do something Ugh. different. Just Change the <laughs> offense,
4: Ugh. Dave. You disagree now, with that? I, he I assume he agrees. He wants to see more out of Blake Bell. He said it several times. No,
1: I, I, I absolutely. I mean, I want Blake Bell to be yardage, and I. If they want to resign him, that's absolutely fine. But like, I don't want to be part of conversations about blocking tight ends. Get no way. I'm no. I'm here to throw the. I'm here to wing it around the yard. Score forty points a game. I want two tight ends to have fifty catches and five touchdowns each. I want eleven personnel <laughs> like seventy five percent of the time. It's kinda like, like nickel y'all defense. Can talk about yeah. that.
3: No, I'm with you on that. I actually yeah, agree with you on that, Dave. I'm yeah. Oh no.
4: Why? Because the pass interference penalties call in the end zone. that puts you on the one. Winging it around the yard, it sounds really good. But sometimes there's nut cutting time. And you've got to push someone back up the one yard line. Yeah, but- and these tight ends and this offensive line doesn't do it. So it just give me the ability to do a little bit of both. I get it. That's not the bread and butter of what they do. But at times, don't tell me they can block because it's a T.E. on their name. That doesn't mean that they're tough and they can block. I, I want to. I want somebody that can do that. No,
3: I get that, but I also think if your offensive line is doing their jobs, then when you get on the one yard line, run behind Tyron Smith, run behind Zach Martin. Like yeah. you, you don't necessarily need to run like out there by that by that tight end. And by the way, there's a lot of creative things you can do where you don't necessarily have to run the ball, but you can have safer plays that still can get you into the end zone. All I'm saying is. I'm a lot less worried about that, about what they do on the one-yard line, if this offensive line can do its job. Which, again, we've already talked about it. Mm. That's all a matter of them staying healthy. If they're healthy, I think they can do it. If they're not healthy, then you got a crapshoot.
4: And, and you know what? Uh, if you're not going to get a blocking tight end, that's fine. But can can we act like it's 1956 and can we get a fullback again? You need one of them, is what you're saying. I need something. Give me one. Somebody of them. to block. Amber, what are your thoughts on this?
0: Well, I'm no coach and I certainly have never played football, but is it so hard to train a tight end to learn how to block better? I mean, why can't you just get a little bit of both out of them? Like, why does it have to be one way or the other? Um, Do you guys have an answer for that? Because I don't know. I I mean,
1: the short answer is college football programs don't play that style of football, and the vast majority of tight ends just don't really learn how to do it. And for that matter... You know, to get downfield the way that a lot of passing offenses want you to, you need to be slimmer than the 260 pound tight ends of York. So, I mean, that's the short answer.
0: This is tricky. I, I guess I don't. I didn't have a huge problem with the tight end position overall last year. I don't think it would be. It's not really a concern of mine going into this year. I'm fine with Blake Bell, but I've, I saw it last year. I mean, there were times where they were using Tony Pollard to block. Poor Pollard was just getting thrown away like <laughs> up in the air. Also Zeke at times. I mean, it happens with all, so a lot of these guys. So it's just going to happen at times and you just got to deal with it. But overall, I think that the least of my problems or concerns is the tight end position. Uh, I'm hoping with Blake Jarwin back, everything's—it's uh, going to be better. But just overall, I think that I'm okay with what Blake Bell did. And it's just kind of pick your weapons, you know? Pick your weapons on how you're going to play. And, and you you can't win. You can't have all your weapons out there at once. So it just depends on how you're wanting to play football. All
3: right. Um, let's go I ahead. would just like go to – Go ahead, Dave.
1: I, oh, so, I, as a closing thought, and Derek, I think you're absolutely right. Like if the offensive line is healthy and available – that should be all that I need. But I'm also paying the battering ram running back fifteen million dollars a year. If the if the offensive line is healthy and doing its job, Zeke, go bully somebody into the end zone. Like we're not scoring touchdowns with a fifteen million dollar running back because the third tight end's not blocking right? Gross. Yes. No. Go run somebody over and score. Or else what are we paying you for?
3: I think it's fair, right?
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that's
4: fair. That's fair. If we're talking about running back, when, what day are we talking about running back? Because yeah, that's fair. I thought we were talking about tight end. Mm. No, I get you. I get you. I know, I, we need a whole show for that. No, I, we, I,
3: I, I mean we did, and we talked about running back, and I think we all agreed that that although Zeke is still a premier running back. Zeke's gotta be better. Right. And for what the money he's making, he's gotta be better.
4: He's gotta be better. And I think that's a that's a completely different shot Starting
3: with holding on with the ball. Holding right. on with the
4: ball. But but I'm just saying is is that if, if I've got three tight ends out here and, and they're they're Dalton Schultz and they're Sean McEwen and they're Blake Jarwin, I don't think anybody's anybody's blocking anybody. So a 13 personnel or a 12 personnel, I mean, like, I, give me some more creativity than that. Figure out a way. If Kellen Moore is the, the boy genius, then figure out a way. Give me Antoine Woods. Give me the defensive yeah. guy. Give me something else that can go in, in, some, in some beefier packages. Figure out a way somehow to do and that. And
3: to be honest with you, that's kind of how I think about it is I'm not so concerned about them making sure that the third tight end is there for you to block find somebody, though. Like yeah. Whether you so go with a fullback, a time, whether you take yeah. a defensive player, whether you take an additional offensive lineman when you get in those situations. Whatever it but, is, you just need to figure out something to give you that kind of beef when you need to pound the ball for a yard.
4: But when they draft Kyle Pitts at number 10, what happens then?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we score 50 <laughs>
1: points a game.
3: Alright, Amber, let's get to some questions. we got about uh, seven minutes left in the show. Let's get some questions here. We're doing this.
0: Well, you mentioned the draft, and I got this guy asking a question about what position group for the defense do you think will have the most immediate impact through the draft?
1: I mean, the easy, obvious answer is probably cornerback because right now, and I mean, it's going to change when free agency starts, but you don't have any. And it's a very good – if I had to lay money on who they were going to draft at 10 – the overwhelming favorite should be cornerback because there's two very good ones. One of them will definitely be there, and he should be a day one starter. So that's the easy answer.
3: And I love the idea of pairing him up with Diggs. I think you might be able to hit on something to where you got yourself a pair of cornerbacks that you can just ride for the next four or five years and uh, and just see where it goes. Like That might be the beginning of you kind of rebuilding your
4: defense. Yeah. I mean I think you know they're both they both the two he's talking about of Farley and uh Sertan I mean they're both good but um you know I I know this that there's not a bunch of five-star guys at Virginia Tech on the defensive line you know and so that's what I wonder I wonder about maybe Farley I mean maybe he might be even better just because he you know he's playing the number one receiver you, yeah. every time out yeah. and he's not getting you know, the pass rush and all that. But his dad didn't play 15 years in the league either, so I don't know. Maybe that matters. Maybe yeah. it doesn't, but either I think way. it helps. Yeah. Either way, I think it's going to be better than Anthony Brown. I'm sorry. I mean, Anthony Brown and, and Jordan Lewis and, you know, Cheeto or whoever. I actually hope they bring Jordan back, though. I think I Jordan too. still fits, and I think he'd be a nice compliment.
3: If you had, let's say you got that draft pick and you put him with digs and, and Jordan is your, your nickel guy. I like that. I like that a lot. As your three cornerbacks that are running out day one, I like.
1: That.
4: Yeah, me too.
1: So your QB four, or I mean your your fourth cornerback is going to be making five million a year, or are we cutting Anthony Brown? I don't know. You know, I have a hard time
3: really understanding what I think of Anthony Brown because I don't think he's a bad cornerback. I just think he's kind of just a guy. If that's you know, if that's okay. And 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 by the way, you need some of those guys on your team. Everybody can't be. A high draft pick, everybody can't be a high price free agent. I get that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. No go ahead I was just laughing because if Jordan Lewis's agent is watching this, you know, or why or other, you know, people talk about it, like think about what Jordan and Cheeto are gonna get in the open market. Because Jordan might get more, might get that contract that Anthony Brown got. And yeah. Cheeto's definitely going to try to get that yeah. way more than that. So, I don't even know if they do yeah. come back. I mean, You think
3: you think Cheeto can really command that kind of money?
4: Anthony Brown money? Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. I think he can I think I, I think, think I think he's going to get kind Chito of ridiculous a, money. You I do. Think, I think you're going to yeah. kind of laugh at like they paid him here. that much. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to get some money.
3: What makes you think that? Just because it's so I mean, hard to find cornerbacks. Yeah,
4: and he's made some plays he's, and 25 mile an hour running and all that kind of stuff. I think it'll all come back and you
1: know. And they just the got, the got the size. Yep. Yeah, so, sorry, Nick. No, go ahead. He's got the size that people. He's got the size that people covet. He's athletic as hell. He's started many, many games in the NFL, and that's all he needs. Yeah, I agree with Nick. I, and I mean, you know not I think we all think the world of Anthony Hitchens he was a good player here Anthony Hitchens was a good player but you when you saw the deal Kansas City gave him you were like whoa yeah. okay Kansas City have fun and that's I think something similar might happen with Cheeto but he where, was a better player not here. a bad player
3: he was a better player here though than Cheeto has been right
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah but Cheeto plays a more important position true Fair I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's gonna get a Hitchens contract I think but I think he will get a I will not be surprised if he signs a deal that kind of makes you raise your eyebrows yeah. okay That's so let me
3: so let me throw this question back to you if you just ran down all the things of why a team would want to pay Cheeto that money should the Cowboys be considering maybe they should pay a decent amount of money for him because of all those things you just mentioned
1: no no
0: but Derek we see this all every year we see this happen where we see a guy differently and then they go out in the open market and they get a ton of money, a lot more money than what the Cowboys could have offered them. And the thing is, a lot of people think, oh, my coach, my staff can make this player better. So when you're looking at videos and these players, you always have, as a coach and, and recruiting staff, I feel like you always have that mentality that you see the talent and you just have that itch that you think, that if they come work with you you're gonna be able to make that player better and at times we've seen that happen with a lot of players that have left the cowboys that they go and shine at other teams yeah. so uh i think that's just one of the things that you have to look at why another team would yeah. see them more valuable than what the cowboys see them. i think
4: as. i think he needs a fresh start and i think you know not to steal a line from a former coworker, but You know, I think you could argue that he had a foot in the parking lot anyways. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he was already kind of thinking about contract, looking that way. And, you know, this is a big year for him. The second contract is a big year for every NFL player. And I I think he's going to get it. I think he's going to go. And I I think he probably needs to go to to another team. And he might be really good. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be really good, but I think he'll be serviceable. I'll throw out Damian
3: Wilson as an example. Damian Wilson's been a good player for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was that with the Cowboys. No. And I don't think the Cowboys, like I, when he signed somewhere else, I don't think the Cowboys are really heartbroken about it. But he's been a good player. He's yeah. been a better player there than he was yeah. here. So it happens. It absolutely happens. Scheme.
1: Which I actually I thought about that this morning while I was out on a run um, because somebody go, somebody tweeted me this morning. Thank you, Derek. Somebody tweeted me this morning Talking about, you know, they need to be get wrong. rid of Will because his last his last few drafts have been like super bad. And I was kind of thinking about that. I'm like, well, first of all, that's uh, that's just not true. Right. But then you know the twenty seven the 2017 draft. I think you probably have you you absolutely have to chalk it up as a as a disappointment at this point. Taco was a bust. Um, you know, you you, you like most of those guys are not going to be here long term. But I think there's room for nuance there, like. Was Cheeto a Let's just assume he doesn't come back. Like, was he a bust? No. Probably like a slight disappointment. But not everybody's going to be a bonanza pick that you pay a second contract to. It's just, it's too hard. It doesn't work that way. So if you get four years of service out of Cheeto, like I said, it, it's disappointing he didn't do more in the four years he was here, but I don't consider him a bust. Mm-hmm.
4: Yep. The all no. like I, I no. don't
1: consider that a bust of a pick.
4: No, I don't either. Not, not so, a, no, I mean, and, not a and, guy that starts and plays and no, he, he got hurt some and you know he wasn't as good as you wanted him to. He he didn't get as many interceptions as you wanted him to. But no, I don't. I, I that, like we and, said like when we started the show, it's not one way or the other. I mean, it's not like he was a, all world or the worst. I mean, he's in between. And by the way, you got to be real careful, <clears throat> real careful. I'll caution fans, real careful
3: with assigning too much praise or too much blame to Will or anybody else in the front office with regards to draft picks. Because what you don't know is who was really behind that pick. You know, some of the things we've heard, there have been times that picks have been made because a coach was really, really pushing hard, mm-hmm. and that was the voice that really convinced the powers that be to make a decision. And so I think you got to be really careful. It, it's not like a, 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 a typical. Um, A typical team Kind of runs their thing Like when you have the GM And ultimately the GM Is the one That makes the decision And by the way That probably is the case here But the GM ain't Will Right Will's not making The final decision So I think you have to be Real careful with that When you start kind of Figuring out who to place blame And by the way Who also to give credit You kind of have to do it As a team And either as a team They did well Or as a team They didn't do well
1: Yep I just think it's and I know I know we got to go but I just I'm that's an interesting thing and Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson are great examples like not everybody's going to be a bust of a bad player and not everybody's going to be a cornerstone that you can pay big money to some guys you just draft thank you for your service and move on and we hope the best for you and like I don't think the Cowboys are dumb for not re-signing Anthony Hitchens or Damian Wilson honestly like that I don't think those would have been good free like money allocations and if Cheeto awuzie can get 10 million dollars a year on the open market i don't think it would be smart for the cowboys to try to match that either and sometimes you just gotta say thanks for your time and we'll have the good memories and draft the next guy yep
3: all right, we appreciate you guys, Jonas. We'll be back on next Wednesday. We'll talk about the defense. We're going to flip this conversation over to the defensive side of the ball. There are so many topics to hit on that side of the ball, so we'll do that next week. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
2: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!